Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Fan Stream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, a hearty good morning to you live from Las Vegas, baby, on this Thursday as uh, we were out here in Las Vegas taking a little a little vacation, but we're always working. It's a working vacation. Going to go uh, check out the match today between uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. We'll be doing that here in Vegas. And uh, there's a big, there's a big WNBA game here tonight. It is the battle of the super teams between the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. Tom Brady, of course, a co-owner now of the Las Vegas Aces. Um, so, and of course, we were out here battling the crowds in Vegas. Went to the O show last night, and boy, I have news. I have news. It was very eventful. So I'll say good morning to you, Nick Geddes. How are you, my friend? Back there in our RHS TV studios in St. Petersburg. Yep, good morning to you. Holding the fort down over here in St. Pete. Uh, but yeah. Glad you're having a good time out there in, uh, in Las Vegas. It's been interesting. It's been very, very interesting. Uh, we'll get to the Rays here. A fantastic win for them last night. Wow, what a comeback. That was, uh, all right, everybody has to admit what they were saying. I was watching the game in the Bellagio Sportsbook uh, right after the show, the O show. Um, I get in there, and it's like 2 nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And then Yandy, and then Josh Lowe, and then, um, like, what do we look at? Pete Fairbanks comes in, closes the door. I'm like, wow, that was a big win. That was a big win for the boys. Yeah, um, I, I, this, this team was dead. At the plate for eight innings, they were completely dead. Versus Zach Davies, who has like he came into that game with like a seven and a half ERA. I want to say has just been pitiful for the Diamondbacks this season. And the Rays approach at the plate. I mean, they're chasing pitches. They're not taking uh. pitches against a guy like that who doesn't typically have a feel for the strike zone. It was so frustrating to watch. It was late night, and the entire time I'm saying to myself, "Can we just not play on the West Coast ever again, <laughs> please?" Can we just not do it? Because just you play those games late at night, and things just get weird. The Oakland yeah. series was weird. The San Diego series was weird. This Arizona one has been weird. I do not want to play on the West Coast again. I would gladly take 15 more games against the AL East than have to play no, don't the West say Coast. That. Don't oh, I will say, say that. that. I will say that. We run the AL East. I will say that. You know, that is true. You know, as, as much as I love this balanced schedule, uh, the Rays play pretty damn well against against their brethren there. But, you know, in the long run, playing the more balanced schedule will help them. Um, hey, look, this is a good Diamondbacks team. I mean, they're not in first place in that division for nothing. Um, you come back and get a win like this, that's a, that's a huge deal. That is a huge deal for this team that had lost six of nine games and eight of 14. That's... I knew they. I knew it's been a little tough role lately, but six of nine and eight of fourteen. Now listen, we told we, we told you this was happening. We know this, right? You guys know that. This is baseball. You're going to go into these slumps. You just hope they're not prolonged slumps and they're not a harbinger of things to come because of weaknesses that have been exposed in your team. I don't necessarily see that right now. I see you know just typical bats going cold. Oop, I think JP might have might have froze on us here. Yeah, he looks a little frozen here on the stream, so hmm. We'll see if he can fix it. He was having a little bit of some uh some Wi Fi issues before the show, so 
the Las Vegas, whatever hotel he's in, the Wi-Fi needs to be upgraded a little bit because he had the same problems yesterday before the show. He had them before the show again today and now during the show. So uh, let's see if we can get it back in. But until then, we'll continue the, the Rays discussion, obviously. Uh, and he was just mentioning the slump that they've kind of been in. And, you know, I've been saying all along, they've picked a – if you're going to have a time for a slump, I think right now is as good as it could be, to be honest, when you look at the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, he just dropped out of the stream. Uh, so we'll see if we can get him back. But if you look at the rest of the league right now, specifically in the AL, um, almost everybody except for Cleveland is playing 500 baseball at the moment, especially when you look at the last 10. I mean, obviously the Rays are 4-6 and six in their last 10. Uh, everybody else in the AL East is playing at a 5-5 five and five clip. Same thing goes for the, the AL Central and mostly besides the A's and the AL West. So, all that being said, the slide and all that that they've kind of been on, they still have a five-game lead in the division. They haven't lost any ground there. Baltimore's lost two in a row, so the Rays gained a game back last night. It just seems like the entire league is kind of limping towards the all-star break right now, and especially the Rays, who I believe have still played more games than anybody in the league so far through the first half of the season. And for majority of that, the offense has been absolutely humming, that's come back down to earth, as we saw last night, which was really tough to watch for eight innings. That is, those late-night games, as I said, when you you stay up late for them, right, and you're kind of dozing off a little bit, and then you see the Rays' offense just kind of in, in the dupes, and it, it, you almost want to change the channel because it's so hard to watch. But I'm glad I stuck with that game last night. I'm really glad I did because I had somebody comment on Twitter, and they were like, you know, are we going to get this one back in the ninth? And I was so close to saying, like, it's not going to be on this night, the way the Rays are hitting right now. Not going to happen. And a lot of that was uh, your fair share of bad luck. I mean, they hit some hard balls on the ground, and it just seemed like Arizona was just eating every single one of them up. It was getting a little ridiculous, especially at the end of the game, which I think it might have been in that ninth inning where I was like, oh, the Rays aren't going to end up getting the, pulling this off until Josh Lowe had the heroics. But Isak Paredes pulls one down the line, and it's just foul. He was just out in front of it. And then he comes back and hits one up the middle in the air, and I'm like, I, off the bat, I'm like, oh, there we go, tie game. And, of course, they have a defender just standing right there uh, up the middle playing, playing a kind of a quasi-shift there and just took that away. That was kind of the story of the night. There was another play in the eighth inning, if you recall, where Siri hit one up the middle, and Nick Ahmed made a fantastic play. And Siri was hustling down that line, and he got him with just, a, just in time, obviously, to get him out, so... I definitely was a bit concerned there. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is just not the Rays' night. Uh, but when they got when they got McGo in there finally, the uh, the approach, you know, Yandy was the table setter once again. He's got, what, he had three hits last night? Once again, three hits for Yandy Diaz. He continues to raise the batting average up among the league leaders in the American League. He's been fantastic. Side note, he should probably start the All-Star game. He's ahead of Vlad Guerrero Jr., so uh, that'll be good for him. I think JP's back, by the way. So I'm back. There we go. You hear me okay? I the, yeah, I think the aliens got me. I know. I was saying, I'm like, I don't know what hotel you're in, but the Wi-Fi situation has been spotty all week for Planet, you in that room. Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. Not, 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 not bad. Not upper echelon. Not upper echelon, though. No, we got a, we, we got a good deal. So we're, 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 uh, we're not staying at the Aria just yet, but uh, it's, it's nice. Wi-Fi's a little spotty. Food's good, though. Food's good. Um, all right, so where did we go with that? We were talking about the Rays' big win last night. Yeah, I was telling how they were put me. To, they were they were borderline put me to sleep, is what I said with their offensive yeah. performance. And I was talking about some of the bad luck they had. They hit a lot of hard balls, but on the ground, and it seemed like Arizona was eating everything up. 
Um, and then out of nowhere, they got McGowan there for Arizona. And Yandy Diaz, I mentioned, was the table setter again. He had three hits last night and led the way there. Luke Rayleigh, who didn't have good at-bats all night. He had the best at-bat, though, when he needed it right. to get one run back. And then I mentioned the Isak Paredes. You know, he almost hit the home run, right, which summed it up. He was just in front of it. And then he comes back and hits a liner up the middle. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be the, the, the tying run. And then the camera pans. And, of course, they got a defender just standing right there. And right. I was like, yeah, that just kind of sums it up. The Rays are not going to get anything done. Josh Lowe's coming to the plate. He's been scuffling. Like, yeah. it's just one of those nights for the Rays. But lo and behold, Josh Lowe, he got a hold of that one. He got a hold of that one. And I, I saw a, a stat today on Twitter. Apparently, there's a there's a stat called high leverage. You're like they, they, monitor, they monitor your stats in these high leverage situations. Josh right. Lowe leads the Rays in that number and is fourth among all players in Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's so had some big hits for them. So there's yeah, he's had some that. big hits for them. Yeah. Um, and that's. They, they just, look, it's a little bit of a lull before the All-Star break. It's coming up at a good time for them. Um, I'm not concerned. I don't think they're, I don't think anything has been exposed here, although there are some interesting stats here from our commenters. I don't know if have you hit these yet. I have not gotten to them yet. Uh, here's one great uh, from Luke W. You always rank at, the, uh, Rays always rank at the bottom of starting pitching innings. I think that's what that means. This month, ninth in SP innings, and Rays bullpen has best ERA in MLB. That's not a coincidence. Um, the bullpen's been good lately. No question about it. Yeah, and Fairbank, um, Fairbanks yesterday, I thought he was playing. It felt like yesterday he was like playing with the food a little bit. He was throwing some off speed, and I'm like, just throw the fastball. I'm like yelling yeah. at the TV. I'm like, just throw the fastball. They, they won't hit it. And he finally yeah, did that. Yeah, I saw that. that at the end. He finally yeah. did that, and they got away with it. Yeah. Uh, Eflin has got at least six innings pitched in 11 of his 15 starts. So important. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, what a... What a find he was. What a find he was. And for the price that they got him, that is so quintessential raise right there. He, he just keeps the pitch count. Every time I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that stares at the pitch count during the game, but I saw him come back out for the seventh inning, which, you know, when that happens for raise pitchers, I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? I looked at the pitch count, and it was like 72, I want to say. And yeah. I was like, this guy's been, he made it through six innings, giving up two runs, and still was sitting at 72 pitches. Just such yeah. a, he's so efficient, man. So efficient. Uh, Nick uh, chiming in says one thing I noticed from this game um, that I hope let's get this up here. I hope it was a good sign. Wander Franco was hustling. Like I said, I didn't see the whole game. I just saw the end and the highlights. So I saw him made a good play in the eighth inning or ninth inning. He the made ninth, a sweet the play. ninth inning. Yeah. He made a sweet play to a that was going to be the leadoff hit, and he gobbled that one up. The Rays needed That's it. That's a huge play. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Give him credit. He was definitely hustling out of the box last night on some of those ground balls. And I, I've seen it. I think Wander looks different when you look at his good. body language good. since he's come back. Good. That's fantastic. And that's what we need. That's what we need. That that's the biggest factor right now before the All Star break. I'd like to see him, you know, get on a, a little bit of a roll and kind of get into the good graces of his teammates and do the right thing, right? Just do the right thing. Uh, well, here you go, a guy that you mentioned last week. Luke says, uh, "Do the Rays have their catcher of the future?" Blake Hunt, five home runs in ten games, two off Johnny Cueto last night for Durham. Let's let's don't crowd his ass just yet, but uh, that may be a good sign. I'm glad Luke W. brought this up because this was part of my points that I wanted to hit today. The Rays, it was great last night, but what Durham, what happened in Durham last night I think was equally as impressive. Blake Hunt hits two home runs. You know who also hit two home runs last night in that game? Jonathan Aranda. Jonathan Aranda, who wow. is mashing it in AAA. And 
first, I mean, first about Blake Hunt, I told you when we were having the Blake Snell discussion uh, a week ago, wherever it was, I told you I said the best return of that trade has yet to play in the big leagues. Yep. And I think yep. that might be Blake Hunt, right? Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps ripping it. Do we see him somewhere down the line this year? Because he's already made the AAA in this fast ascension. We'll see. But Aranda, I think it's a fair question. Is it time to call him up? given the offense, which seems like it could use a little bit of a spark at the moment. Where is he playing mostly in Durham? Still second base? I believe so. We know his defense is not great. Right. We know that's why Vidal Brewer. I know he was working on, working on first base, too. Yes, yes. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to get, you know, maybe Yandy off his feet a little bit. He seems like he's yeah. been grimacing a little bit sometimes yeah. out there. Had that groin pull for a little while. Right. Yep. Um, the, and Vidal Brujan, that's kind of the reason why he's been up here, right? Because he can play good defense and he's a good speed guy. But the problem is he just doesn't get on base enough. He doesn't re- the, the tools that he has, he can't really use when it comes to hitting because he doesn't get on base enough. He's kind of a liability in the lineup. Uh, the big thing, though, is remember Brandon Lau's going on, a, on AAA, his rehab assignment, right, this weekend. So I think logic tells you he's going to be there for what maybe a week or so and then he's going to be up and then he'll be down Bruhan will go back down so then once again you have to ask the question well is there room for Jonathan Aranda mm-hmm. at that point it's kind of like there's really not but at the same time it's it's crazy you have a guy that's just mashing like that in AAA at like some of the best levels in that league and he's already what 24 25 years old and we just don't have a spot for him right now there's nobody else you can really move out besides Vidal Bruhan, and that's going to be Brandon Lau's spot yeah yeah, well, I, I think you give him a little shot. I think you give him a shot. See what he can do at the major league level. He didn't really have great success last year, although, you know, I thought he barreled up a lot of balls that he didn't get hits for. You know, hit into the shift a couple of times, big time. So, you know, I, I think it's worth a shot. The guys, I don't think he's going to get much better at AAA. So uh, he may be, and he may be a, a trade piece out there as well uh, for the when, the, when the deadline comes up. I think the Rays. Would probably, I mean, I don't want to trade the guy, but he got to trade some value to get value. Yep. And if there's one guy that seems a little bit expendable and doesn't fit necessarily in the, you know, plus defensive player, versatile, you know, uh, kind of DNA that the Rays like, then he may be, you know, odd man out there. So it is, but, but it's 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 so hard to ignore a guy that's hitting 341 and has an OPS of well over a thousand. It's that's so hard to ignore that, right? Uh, well, I hope there's somebody from another team that is not ignoring it. Will give us a high level closer for Jonathan Aranda. Will you take that trade? Talking Chapman. Because if you're looking yeah. for a spot for Jonathan Aranda, yeah. Jonathan Aranda needs to play in the big leagues. Like you said, he's not going to yeah. get any better at AAA. He's mastered that. Yeah. He needs big league reps. The Royals. Yeah, the Royals a, can definitely find a spot for him. Yeah, the Royals would be a perfect spot. They're going nowhere. They they are committing to their youth. Jonathan Randa would fit like a glove there, probably for what they're trying to do at the moment. Yeah, I'd float him. I, it would it would hurt. Don't get me wrong, it would hurt. But as we've said, you have to we have to be consistent here. We have you know probably banged on the Rays for not making enough serious moves during the season, right? Mm-hmm. Albeit they did try with Nelson Cruz and didn't work, and you know we'd love to have Joe Ryan. Let's be let's be honest, we'd yep. love to have Joe yep. Ryan. He's gonna yep. be an All Star. It is what it is. But they've got to get aggressive, and that's the type of move that you probably. It's I mean you told me not to get sentimental on people that I love, and that's I right. love Jonathan Aranda. Right. And if I have a chance to get a role as Chapman or one of these other big time relievers, he's got to go. He's got to go. Is kind of the, I guess the way you got to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and you know, will he come up to the big leagues and probably be a productive hitter? Yeah, but again, 
He's not part of what the Rays' DNA really looks like. So if it doesn't fit, then go get Chapman. That's fine with me. Because I, I'll tell you what, you put him in that in the Rays' bullpen right now, um, and it takes your entire bullpen up a huge notch. It puts everybody kind of back in their place. We're not relying on Jason Adam, who I just I can't really trust right now. I can't. Well, I think if you if you brought a Chapman in, I think you almost have the remakings of the stable. I don't yeah. think they have a stable anymore, right? Where Kevin Cash right. is like, I got guys throwing ninety eight, ninety nine. The only guys who are pumping that right now in that bullpen are Deekman, who's been fantastic, and yeah. uh, who I think is going to earn some high leverage opportunities pretty soon here. And going to have to get them, yeah. And obviously Fairbanks. Throw Chapman in there. That's not a bad seven eight nine. It's not a bad seven eight nine whatsoever. And if you add in, if Jason Adam can somewhat figure it out here in the second half of the season, which I'm not trying to close the book on him by any means. No, and, not at all. And some of these other guys, I think, like Poche, I think has been a lot better lately as well. All of a sudden, you got the makings of a really good bullpen that I feel like I can go That's into October insurance. and I can really trust. good insurance. Yeah, really good insurance on that. So yes, absolutely, hundred um, percent. All right, well, let, let's get back to last night's game and the big hit for Josh Lowe. Let's listen to that uh, as as it was called by Valley Sports Sun last night and. What a what a what a uh, what a moment! I'm sitting there in the sports book going, "Okay, all right, we got we got something here." And I'm like, there, "It wasn't very crowded, by the way." I think it was clearly the only one watching the Rays game. Um, I'd imagine. By the way, the A's aren't even in Las Vegas yet. They're not even in it. But every place you walk into, the A's game is on. Unlike Tampa Bay and the Rays, they're not even in Las Vegas yet, and it's on every TV in 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 Las Vegas. We need to learn something from the folks here in Vegas. Right, proceed. the hitter. Fly ball in the left center field. That ball is going to be in there, bounding off the wall. One run is in. Here comes Rayleigh. He's going to score. It's a double for low, and the Rays will take the lead. It's a 3-2 ball game on a big shot up the alley in left center field off the bat of Josh Lowe. Is that Dwayne stats? Yeah, I think I think I think Wayne could use the All Star break too. Just a oh little, my gosh, a yes, bit. he was and a, a throat little, lozenge. He, just a little yeah, bit. Take a Sucrets, brother. We love, but we love Dwayne. Yeah, we good. Love, we love Dwayne. Play, yeah, playing playing hurt, stepping up. Unlike most baseball players, uh, very. <laughs> the broadcasters may be tougher than the players in baseball, except for Randy Rosarena. Take I take it, take it back. Um, uh, nice call there by Bally Sports Sun and. Man, what a moment for the race! And, and there was a uh, a quote. I don't know if it was I think it was from Cash that said, "This is the kind of this is the kind of win we needed to get us going to get us jumped up a little bit." You know, against a, a, a good team like that, division leader, you're on the ropes. You sucked all night. Um, you've lost six of nine. You, you're going to waste a great effort by Zach Eflin, and boom, you turn it around with three quick runs in the top of the night. That's a big win. That's a good one. That's as good a win as maybe we've had this year. It, it really is. I, I I mean, I know it's you, you're having that break kind of come up, so like, I'm just saying like, hopefully it could be something to get them going here so they can finish strong going into the break, right? Eventually that momentum's going to come to a halt like it is for the right. rest of the league at the, All-Star, at the All-Star break. But listen, the Rays are never out of games. They just, they never are out of games. We've seen so many times, even when they like last week when they, they gave Baltimore six nothing advantage early on. What did they do? They battled yeah. all the way yeah. back. They lost the game, but they made it something. And even the night prior, they were down f- what five nothing. 
after yeah. the first inning, and the next inning they come back out and they put a four spot on the board, right? And they make it interesting a little bit before the bats faded away. But regardless, this team's just never out of it. And you, when you're trying to figure out why they've how they've gotten a 55 win so far, 55 and 28, still tops in baseball, by the way. You have to look at so many games that they've stolen. You got to steal games throughout a 162 season, 162 game season to Absolutely. get where the Rays are, and they continue to do that. Hey, uh, somebody mentioned um, Jose Siri Thomas Casper here said Siri's uh, hot glue whacked him out. D- did I see this right? He he got the 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 dreadlocks. Did we talk about this yesterday? Yeah, he sat, yeah. In a, he sat in a chair, the chair for, for twelve hours to get dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah. Holy hell! Did it did it play did it play well last night? I don't know. I mean, there was the the first inning in the last game. I don't know if you saw that one. There was a ball hit to center, and it's a play that he usually makes. And he kind of went in there, and we might have touched on it, but you know he likes to be a little show off that flair, maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, a little KK in him. Yeah, but it's yeah, more of a it's more of a uh, like he'll wait to the last possible second to put the glove up or put it out or whatever it right. is, and right. that that happened in the in the uh, the first game of the series. So that's pretty much it. But then he redeemed himself by hitting the home run later, right. and then last night he was so close to hitting that home run in the ninth inning. I thought he got it. I thought he got it. I thought we had number sixteen. I thought the Rays were gonna have a five, th- a five, uh, what five two lead. I thought yeah. that's what's gonna happen there, and he just missed it. Yeah, right just to the wall. It. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's listen in to Kevin Cash post game on um, what this win means for his team. Obviously, they've been rolling the whole year, but um, you know this was a big one. This is a big one. Before we get to other things, let's start with the end there. Josh Lowe, how clutch was that hit to really the deepest part of the ballpark? Yeah, really, really clutch and happy for Josh. I mean, we got a number of guys that are kind of grinding through it right now. He's probably been one of them, but happy that he came up. You know, he swung through the, the split OO pitch, but didn't get off the fastball and put a charge into one to pick us up with, obviously, the biggest hit of the game. You mentioned he was happy to get that hit, especially because of the performance Zach Eflin put on, keeping him in the game. What did you see from him? I would agree. I mean, F was uh, pretty special. I mean, anytime I guy goes out there that efficient pretty dominant gives up two runs we feel like we should do enough offensively to help him get a win we didn't get him the win but we got the team win and that's probably most important was this a refreshing win for you guys seeing as it feels like you may have been grinding out some things here in june yeah i think so look the way that game went for you know the first hour and a half it wasn't going our way they came up with some key hits to to get runners in uh we hit some balls hard i mean wander smoked the ball double Put right at Marte, made a nice play. Rayleigh smoked the ball, didn't have much to show for it. It makes sense that Yandy got things started the way he was playing tonight. Yeah, I mean Yandy, um, he can really hit. I mean he's he's uh, been on a tear. You know, just spraying balls all over the place, hitting the ball hard. That whole inning, I mean Yandy, Wander uh, busting it down the first baseline to, to get first, and then Wander's play there in the bottom of the ninth with uh, with for Pete to lead off the inning. You, you think that. I mean, you hope, I assume, that Josh's hit can be a spark here and kind of turn things around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got a lot of guys that are having really, really good seasons. Um, We've been a little bit quiet here offensively, but the confidence certainly has not changed in the room. And individually, trust that they're, I know they're putting their work in. They're going to be good and uh, we'll bounce, you know, continue this. Hopefully, if Josh can feed off of it, whatever works. There's Kevin Cash, uh, courtesy of Bally Sports on last night post game, uh, talking about what a big win this is for the Rays. So, um, but they got one more with the D backs, right? 
Yeah, one more with the D-backs. Uh, Yanni's going to be a, a bulk guy today. Opener and then Yanni. Yeah, he did, had a rough outing last time out, so we'll hope uh, we'll hope Yanni gets it together a little bit uh, here today. Um, all right, uh, I got to tell you what happened last night. Should we take a yeah? Let's take a break, and I'll come back and tell you. I got a little tease. So you've heard of the O Show, right? At the Bellagio, it's one of the most incredible shows, and it's freaking amazing. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it. But uh, we had an incident last night. They had to delay the show. It was uh, yeah, really really what scary. Did, what moment. did you do? What did you do? I'll I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain when we come back. Um, a big thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, J E E V E S lawgroup.com if you have been involved in an accident they are the ones to call get that personal attention from a nice sized law firm they're not so big that they'll forget your name trust me I see these ads all the time for the bigger law firms I went through that whole situation myself get the personal attention from Jeeves Law Group that you deserve go to their website J-E-E-V-E-S lawgroup.com back in three to Las Vegas baby Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation it's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. 
If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, baby, right off the strip. We are headed out to uh, the match a little bit later on, and uh, who knows what we're going to get into after that here in uh, crazy Las Vegas. The things you see in Vegas, absolutely bizarre. Hey, you know, uh, I, real quick, by the way, I, or no, actually, you were going to ad read. Shame of me to cut you off during the ad read. Keep going. Yeah, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris uh, Lugo will join us a little bit later on in the show. And so if you have any questions uh, for, for the medical director at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Chris Lugo, put them in the uh, comments or hit us up on Twitter at uh, FanStreamJP, at the JP Peterson Show. Follow our show Twitter as well if you're not doing that. Uh, and I, I just we had a sit down what last week for my primary care evaluation. Highly recommend you guys do this. Take your insurance to use your labs and use with specialists, but let uh, Bay Area Modern Medical Center direct your medical program and get great personal attention. Get a personal diet plan. Get a personal exercise plan. A personal sleeping plan. Everything that will make your life better, your quality of life better. It's cutting edge stuff. Where he, um, Every, every part of it is cutting edge and personalized, and that's what you want. So if you're tired of your old doctor to come in, give you a pill, send you on your way, never attacking the root causes of your issues, do it the modern way, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. All right, what were you going to say? I was going to say, a note on this, mat, this, this match that's happening later today. I have a theory that Clay Thompson would have been traded by now. If it wasn't for this match, you think so? I have a. Th- I'm just speculating. Obviously, I'm just throwing hey. it out there. 
But I think the I think the Warriors Expound. I think the Warriors might trade Clay Thompson this off season. I think it'd be the perfect time to do it. I look at the Chris Paul trade, which doesn't really make sense on the surface, right? Really doesn't. I think Clay is probably past the player he used to be. The injuries I think have taken a toll on him. They drafted a, a, if I'm if I'm correct, they drafted a pretty good shooter in the first round, right? I know. I just get this suspicion that big moves. Mike Dunleavy is the new general manager. It's not Bob Myers anymore. So right. I get this sneaking suspicion the Warriors are not done making moves. Chris Paul was setting something else out, and I think Clay might be getting moved. And you know, obviously, if you moved Clay before this match, then it loses its allure, and then yes, it becomes a little it so. becomes a little awkward. I'd argue. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe. I think it's going to be a little awkward. Ever. Anyway, with the whole Draymond Green thing out there right now, Draymond, of course, uh, refused his option, and the scuttlebutt is he may be taking his talents to Sacramento. I heard Portland as well. Oh, with, with interesting. Which, with Dame, ah, ah. Which that's that's just gross. Why? Why would why why would you do that? What Dame Dame and, and Draymond? Oh, yeah, because when I think of great duos in the NBA, Damian Lillard and Draymond Green really sticks out. Draymond like, Green, I know Damian wants to go to Miami, but, of course, we hate that. Well, he didn't, he, no, he, didn't, he did not request a trade. It might, that seems like it's all off the table. He met with the, the Blazers, I guess, earlier this week, did not request a trade. I think they want to figure out what they could do in free agency first to try to go for it. But I, I, I don't They're just a middling team, though. Right. And opinion. they drafted Scoot. They drafted Scoot, right? That, so they got, Who plays um, the same position as Dame. Right, which is bizarre. I think I think by that drafting, they may be looking for a reset, or they could they could trade Scoot and you know, for a veteran player to to, uh, to uh, tandem with with Dame. They could I, do that too. I think they want to trade Dame, but they're trying to be respectful and allow him to kind of facilitate the process here. And right. I don't think Dame wants to let go. Dame, to me, he's different than most players. He the word loyalty, which gets thrown around yeah. a lot, Dame is loyal. Okay, Legit. he does. I don't think he really wants to leave Portland. Like you're going to have to like tug it out of him a little bit. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. I don't know if Dame really knows what he wants at the moment. I'd also heard um, a possible fit for Dame would be San Antonio to Tim uh, to uh, yeah with the Why? Why? Uh, a new tandem with the big guy. Yeah, win anything. If Damian Lillard's leaving Portland... Not, not now. If Damian, not. L- if Damian Lillard's winning Portland, you're, you would think he's going somewhere where he has a chance to win. He's, well, I mean, he's already I, 32 years old. Maybe not the first year, but, you know, when by honest with what they, everybody thinks oh, he is. Please. Uh, listen, I think the uh, the makeup of the NBA in the next week or so when free agency starts is going to get very, very interesting. I actually will pay, we'll actually pay a little bit of attention to that. Uh, all right, so I teased this thing from last night. So we go to the O Show. Um, shout out to uh, our good friend Henry Strasser for hooking up, us up with tickets right like 20 rows up right in the middle. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, so the O Show is this big theater they have, probably about 5,000 seats. And it's a water theater. And it's acrobatics. If you don't know about this, it's you know, it's been running for almost 30 years, I think. And it's just incredible. It was this incredible groundbreaking ap- acrobatics trapeze um you know combined with water and it's this really bizarre story whoever came up with the story and thought this thing up i mean they were they were doing the the huskow the the mescaline the mushrooms i don't know what who the hell came up with this thing but it's incredibly creative 
and it, it just uh, there are a lot of gasping moments when people are high diving from literally 60 feet above the stage into a pool like right in front of you and there's trapeze going back and forth people are flipping I mean it's it's at every moment you're just catching your breath that someone's going to get hurt and somebody got hurt somebody got hurt and they were laying motionless on one of the, the solid platforms because the weird part is you know sometimes the water you can walk on the water there's a platform that comes up from un- underneath it and it's a solid platform they can walk and then it goes away and then they dive in you know 20 30 feet down i don't know how far they go because from 60 feet it's just it's it's bizarre visually so then to see one of these performers i didn't see her fall from above it just you know because there's so much going on on stage you just don't you don't recognize it and there are people next to us that were sitting next to us actually had friends that were in the show and it was a mom so she was on her phone freaking out like wondering what happened to this this performer and the performer was motionless i mean and as soon as you looked up you saw i think it was a it was hard to tell the the men from the women at, at times because they're all it's just so incredibly muscular these acrobats are just it's amazing and she was i think it was a, i think it was a girl and she was lying motionless they bring out the backboards the um the defibrillator everything i mean it was like audible gasping in the in the uh, in the audience everybody's like what the heck just happened because you're thinking that maybe she fell from 60 feet and you know the, you're thinking the worst so they were they, they got the medical team and had, which had to be about 15 people directly it looked like the demar hamlin situation i didn't necessarily see them doing chest compressions but they were they were on this on this girl quickly and then they kind of brought the curtain in and they announced that we've had an injured performer and you thought you kind of thought the worst then about 15 minutes later they said the show's going to go on and you're like oh okay and then the woman next to me got a text that said that the girl was okay and she just she uh i think she i think she may have slipped and hit her head and was just unconscious but i don't think anybody knew and they were very careful but she they announced that the uh, performer is going to be okay it's going to fully recover and and all was good but man that was and then so with that as a backdrop they continue the show and at every time they're doing one of these flips you're just you know the the drama goes up a little bit more because you're wondering like i mean the precision of which these people perform with their acrobatics and the high flying i mean if somebody f's up and they're not focused i mean it's trouble it's trouble there was one part where they they do a three person got to be 60 foot dive into the into the pool and you can see the boundaries of the pool like where the hard stuff is and where the pool is and the three people go in and what may be 15 feet across they're about three feet from the edge of the um, surface there's water and then there's hard surface from 60 feet they're going down three people <laughs> no no you can't pay me enough to do that stuff it was it was I, I can't I could not recommend it enough it was absolutely breathtaking at every moment you know you, you you think okay it's an acrobatic show no there were so many things you saw there that you were just like how the hell are human beings doing any of this it was it was tremendous highly recommended but there was some uh tense moments to say the least yeah all those shows like stress like you know the one that really stresses me out have you ever been to the uh I'm sure you've been to like an ice show or something like that, but I'm not talking Disney on ice. And I've never been to Disney right. on ice, but I'm just imagining it being very like, like I don't know, not as many risk maybe is what I'm thinking because it's a kid yeah. show. 
But have you ever been to the Dis the Disney the the ice show at Bush Gardens when they do it in the winter? At like the uh, no. Have you ever been to not. that one? <clears throat> if anybody's no, been there, the, you'll know what the, I'm talking about. Because they're on like a smaller like ice platform, obviously, and it's on a stage. So to me, like the degree of difficulty seems like it's a lot higher. Oh yeah, you know what? Actually, I have seen I have seen this. Yes, I have yes. seen this. Yes, and every time they're doing it, like my mind is like just like I can't keep up, and I'm the entire time I'm like, man, please don't mess up, please don't mess up. Like, has anybody <laughs> ever messed up? I like always have these thoughts going through my mind, and it like stresses yes. me out when I'm sitting in my chair. And so you telling me this, oh, I mean, well, then you would not like this show. This is the you first would not time like, you you would. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard of like someone actually having an error like that in one of these shows. I'm sure it happens all the time, but this is the first I've ever heard of it. You would think, I mean, with the amount of tricks that they do in this show, that there would be more accidents. But, um, you know, these guys and women, they grow up, and most of them are from foreign countries, uh, Eastern Bloc countries, and they they also had uh, these three contortionists um, from uh, Asia somewhere, and they were... the things I can't even explain what these women were doing. I cannot even explain the the positions that they got in. It was unbelievable. You know, standing on one or standing, push, pushing themselves up on one on their one arm, and then lifting themselves up. You know, in these weird positions, but all with all the time just just supporting themselves on one arm. I like, come on, like forget it. I mean, and then supporting somebody on top of them with one arm. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, listen, listen. I mean, I saw something yesterday on, on TV when I was watching some programming that made me even go like, "Oh my goodness, what's going on?" Like it was made stress me out. I was watching. Don't laugh at me. I was watching wrestling last night. Of AEW course you Dynamite, were. Yeah. And I, yeah. I witnessed, and I think Lonnie's in the comments here, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he saw this. I watched a 64 year old man, one of the greats of all time, who has no business doing this, climb yes. up a ladder that's in the ring. Okay, the ladder is in the ring, and it's kind of towards the ropes. And you have a guy who's about 40 years younger uh, laid out on one of the tables. They had two tables going this way. The second table was clearly put there to kind of break the fall and make it a little easier right on him. But the table was set so far out. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this 64-year-old man ain't flying. There's just no way, right? And he takes off. And he kind of like he's trying to like go out, you know, like you're jumping in a pool, but like right. he kind of just seems like he he fall. It's like Falls. almost like falling. He got there, but he kind of missed his spot just enough to where his his chin when he landed just banged right off the second table that was on the other side. And like I don't know if he's got like a broken jaw today or something, but he lost he lost teeth and was like bleeding and everything after the match. Oh, I bet during the I match, bet. and. I saw the look on his face, like when he landed, and he just looked like he was in a, in his head. He was like, "Why the f did I do that?" And that was me yeah. last night. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I watch all these guys do all these like crazy things in the ring all the time. But like, you know, they're twenty something, thirty something. They're in their right, prime. Right. It's like they're right. really good at it. He's sixty-four Who was years old. Lunatic. It was Sting. Do you remember Sting? I remember Sting. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the face paint and all that. And I'm asking yeah. myself, I'm like, why is a sixty-four-year-old who has nothing else to gain doing that? Why? Money. He doesn't. Money. But no, you can. Sting needs a Sting needs a little stinger. But but yeah. but JP, let's be yeah. honest here. When you watch, yeah. let me just ask you a question real quick. Not to go on a diatribe about wrestling, but just real quick. When you watched it, did you pay attention to much of the moves that the guys did? Or if you did the move, how many moves did did they do? Not many. Wait, right? ta- we're talking about wrestling. Like Dusty Rhodes, how many moves did right. he do? 
Oh, he had the bionic, he had the bionic elbow. And that's he had all the that flying, he had the flying drop kick. The flying drop kick was big. Uh, you know, the off the rope, you know, uh, somersault, you know, pop up and, and elbow the guy. Not you many know, moves. That, not, not many moves though. And right? that was the, there was, and then there what was coming off the top turnbuckle too. You know, but there was the top but it was nothing crazy, right? Because no, he was Dusty like, Rhodes, and all the great Hulk right. Hogan had one move. It was called the leg drop, and he right. threw a punch. Right? right, and he was the biggest star ever. Right, that's my right. point. I'm like, if Steve's gonna keep wrestling, just play the hits. All you gotta do is play yeah. the hits. You already have a fully guaranteed contract for whatever million to be there at 64. What's the point of jumping off these things? I don't. I get don't it. know. It stressed hey, me listen, out. You're, you're asking me. You're asking me. Come on, no R- way. Rhetorical no way. questions a little bit, but of course. But that stressed yes. me out last night when I watched that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, listen, these these performers and Christopher Cole said, yeah, these are probably the group from uh, America's Got Talent. I think that's where they hire a lot of these the, these acrobats from. Yeah, it, and those shows. I don't know if you watch those shows. You watch America's Got Talent. Like that's that's a guilty pleasure for me. I, when, I, I'm, when I'm surfing, I got time to stop. I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to watch. I don't some watch of the, some I don't of the watch shit them, they uh, do is just insane. I don't watch them live, but like it's one of those things where it pops up in your YouTube feed. Yeah, and yeah, the next exactly. Thing, and the yeah. next thing you know, you've spent an hour watching just auditions <laughs> on America's Got Talent. No, it's I like you. You know, it's not per se a sport, but I mean these are. Freaking unbelievable athletes! I mean, unbelievable athletes! And I tell you what, they ain't an ounce of fat on any of them. They're, they are absolutely ripped. It's, it's impressive stuff. It is impressive stuff, and only kind of stuff you'll like. Vegas, I think, is the only place you'll see a lot of this. I know they travel with the Cirque du Soleil. Right. They travel, do a lot of different stuff, but it's uh, it's freaking crazy. And and I, I thought I thought I was witnessing something really really bad last night. I think a lot of people did, and thank God it was uh, that. That performer is going to be okay. I know we didn't give us any specifics as to what happened, but um, from what the, the people next to us were saying, I think she she uh, definitely got a concussion, was unconscious because they said she said, "Yeah, they're conscious again." So it may it may have been more than one, but it was it was scary stuff. All right, um, wanted to uh, talk a little bit. We talked, we did the Rays, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Ross Colton. Getting dealt to the Avalanche for the thirty seventh overall pick, and then the the, uh, the the NHL draft going on last night. Oh, you got a little sound from last night's uh, number one pick from the draft, don't you? Not from the number one pick. We it is what it is. Connor Broward was number one, but I had but, I had the viral moment of the night. I don't know if you had a that? chance to oh, see oh, this. Yes, the Carey Price thing. Yeah. If, did you see this before? No, I did not. No, tell tell the folks and play the play the audio. Okay, so the, the Canadians had the fifth pick, and they brought up you know the entire you know Canadians brass was up there, including Vinny Lecavier, by the way, who works for the Canadians. He was up there looking good, but they had Carey Price come up there to announce the pick. He came up there to announce the pick. Some other players okay. did as well. So I don't even want to like explain it anymore. I'd rather for everybody who didn't see it, it's right. you as well. Let's just play it, and you'll I think you'll get the you'll get the message here. Let me uh, flip the audio over here so we can play the sound. All right, here we go. Bonsoir. Le Canadien de Montréal are proud to select David... Whoops. <laughs> we planned it that way. David Reinbacker. Reinbacher. <laughs> He he, no. he just completely, completely forgot the name of the pick. 
and I know the video probably probably does it more justice. So go on, tw- it's all over the place on Twitter. Go look at the video. But like he goes, he's looking around with his eyes. You can see he's confused. He's like, David, and he's trying to find it. He's trying to find it. Then he turns around and he's like, and then no one's like telling him. I guess what the name is of the kid. He's just up there. And he, Somebody bail the man out for God's sakes! And the GM finally, we planned it that way, you know, and says it. But my favorite part of the video was like he tells him he's like, we planned it that way, David Reinbacher. And then like so like under his breath, but just enough you could hear it. Carrie Price is walking off, and he's like Reinbacher. Like it was just it was just a hilarious <laughs> moment. And I was watching it live. I mean, that was the best part of the night because you know these NHL drafts. I mean they're just they are what they are, right? But that was the right. best. That was the best moment of the night. But then I also felt a little bad because then I realized Carey Price he hadn't played in a while, and it's because he's had this. I think he's had these mental health struggles from mm-hmm. I think addiction yeah. to he was, he was substance abuse addiction. I think from mental health issues, and he oh, mentioned wow. he mentioned directly when he's in large groups he has like anxiety. So yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, eh, do I want to really go too hard on the guy? Because like, then I read oh, that. I yeah, I've forgotten about. Then it that. becomes a little bit of a touchy subject. But if you didn't know the context of that last night, and I don't know if that was part of it, I'm just putting that out there for context. Um, it was, it was a little funny moment. I don't think anybody. I felt yeah. bad for the kid a little bit who got drafted. Nice save by the GM, though. Nice Good save, save by there. the GM. But yeah, that's a big save. And we, we all know who David Reinbacher is now. Yeah, I don't we, think anybody we did won't forget that. We won't forget that. Uh, but the 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 Lightning now will um, hopefully be able to sign uh, Alex Kalorn and Tanner Janot. Um, Breezebois said of Kalorn, uh, all of all of us want him to stay. He's a big part of our organization and has played a huge role in the past. Alex has stated publicly as well that he has a very strong preference to play for the Lightning and continue his career here but at the end of his career with us which is what we're trying to accomplish here but obviously we haven't come to terms yet so um you know the first offer from the lightning to Kalorn was rejected so they'll continue to work on that but i guess the question is are you okay letting ross colton go in order to sign a 34 year old alex Kalorn to a larger deal and that's what breeze Bois is uh, obviously doing here and also to keep Tanner Janot. So well they, they, I think they've, it, they've got about like 7 I want to say like 7.3 or 7.5 million in cap space to work with to try to get those two guys and then on top of that you have to think about how you're going to fill out the rest of the lineup. Right. Cuz I'm I'm just here to tell you right now. I mean I I can be, you know, quite optimistic about the Lightning going forward but if I see a bottom six that consists of the Cole Kepkes of the world and the Gabriel, and the Gabriel Fortiers of the world, eh, eh, eh. I don't know. Because at the same, t- I know I say that at the same time, I don't really want to run it back with Perry, Maroon, and Belmar again. I think they need to switch that up. Yeah. But, yes, I agree. But I agree. you know, they got to have flexibility to add a little bit. They obviously back, I mean, backup goal center is not the biggest thing in the world, but they got to get one of those guys. And I think we'd all yep. agree they got to get another guy on the blue line. Which makes me seem like I wouldn't. Maybe another move's coming. Maybe another well, move's think, coming. Yeah, yeah, probably um, Bogosian. Bogosian seems perfect to probably you know send out of town. Yeah, and that that would free up I think some more cap space as well. Uh, Colton had 16 goals and 16 assists last season while playing primarily on the Lightning's third line. It was a dip from his 22 goals, 17 assists first NHL full season. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think you said it best yesterday. 
that I, they believe that Colton has plateaued. And it's, I, I, it would be, you know, and they see a lot more than we see, right? They see, they, they, and I, this is not to disparage him in any way, but there's certain things that they look for in players that they want that they you know, felt that they weren't getting at a high level from Ross Colton and they would rather keep Alex Kalorn and Tanner Janot. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but I think we're still a long way from seeing the finished product of what uh, Breezebois is is going to bring here, and it's a you know these are big these are big decisions to make, and he's really hamstrung with a lot of these big contracts. But when you have this many superstars like the Lightning have, I mean, this is would you rather have you know a core of players, you know, six players, five six players that have won you two cups that are still a lot of them are still in their prime, right? And you know, I, I just I think he's doing the right thing. The Kalorn thing is is a bit of a gamble, you know. Um, we talked a lot about this yesterday. He's given us a tremendous amount of uh, playoff huge goals. He's played so big and said so many big moments, but you can't pay well, for past performance. Well, let's be honest here, too, about where the Lightning are. We don't want them. I said this yesterday. I don't want them to become what Pittsburgh is right now. But I think we all have to acknowledge at some point in the next few years, four years, five years, whatever it may be, right? Because some of the core is still I mean, not even 30 yet, right? Right. This team just might not be very good. I I was going to say suck, but I'm not going to go that extreme. They're just not going to be anywhere near what they are at at some point here in the next few years. They have no draft capital for the foreseeable future up top, right? They don't have much cap flexibility to work with the roster with all these long-term contracts. And some of the core is aging. So... Is this the Lightning and Breeze Boss saying, well, you know what? We're going to be really bad anyway at some point. We might as well just keep investing in the guys we have right now and just keep, keep trying to go for it. I mean, I think that's the play. Like, I, I think the strategy of prioritizing Kalorn and Janot over Ross Colton, I do like that. I think that's the right play. But at what cost? I mean, if you want to bring back Tanner Janot, I probably would give him what, maybe $2 million at the most, if I'm looking for the year, the year on that? The AAV, The AAV yeah. on that? Maybe $2 million at the most, but preferably I like to get it maybe under that. And Kalorn, I said yesterday, if it's going any higher than 5.5 and, and we're getting to the 6, 6.5 range, or you know, God forbid we get to 7, I, respectfully, I, I just walk away. I yeah. mean, that's me. That's me. I know that's a pretty harsh decision. I know a lot of people might be split on that. But that's just me because I do think Kalorn, coming off a career season like that, there's been so many other examples of guys around his age that go out into that free agency market, and it only takes one team. And these NHL teams have proven they're, they want to put out big money to some of these free agents. They do. They always do it. Yeah, and they're looking for that, that um, Stanley Cup DNA, right? They're looking for yes. those guys that have done it before. Um, that's what that was a winning formula for for the uh, for the Golden Knights, right? That's kind of the the copycat thing right now. In the NHL is do what the Golden Knights did: go out and find guys that have already won cups, that play well in the playoffs, are tough or rugged, can withstand you know the 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 six week grind, six to seven week grind of the of the Stanley Cup Finals, and that's worked for them. So I think there's going to be other players. Other teams that go out and try to find those guys, even if they're aging veterans. So, you know, and obviously Kalorn's aged well. He played really, really well last year. But, you know, he knew it was a contract year. As you say, it's 
sometimes dubious to, to put all your eggs in that basket looking at the contract here. And again, if this sounds negative about Kalorn, but it all depends on the money. It's a, this is a salary cap league. You got to get bang for the buck, you know? And at some point, they've got to start trying to find and develop players that are going to be that next wave guys. You know, not, you know, guys that are going to be here this year, but the next wave guys. Who are those guys? Who, who are going to be the next core uh, of this group? Ross Colton was supposed to be that, if I'm not mistaken. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's um, – but you know what? I think right now Julian Breesbois has got to be focused on the now. And that's – they've gone all in. They still have a core like this, and that's that's what – that's got to be their focus. You know, that it, the, the future is, is yeah. probably priority number five. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things where, like, we feel like we need to add speed, but if you don't have money, it's hard to find speed. Exactly. And good exactly. players. Not just speed, but players who can produce with speed, by the way. It's hard to do that. So I think they're putting their eggs in their basket of, well, we just got to get keep our guys that have the experience, and we're going to try to win on that. Because I think they know if they get into a track meet, I mean, if you look at some of these rosters, again, like I keep saying in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference, like you saw Florida, they can get in a track meet if they want to. Um, New Jersey, I think, is going to be the class of this conference for the next 10 years, potentially, the way they're set up. You get into a track speed with a track map, a track meet with them, you lose. I think the Lightning right. know that, and some of these other teams as well. So, I think that's what they're banking on. They've just got to keep the experience together and hope that that kind of wins itself out before some of these other teams kind of learn to win. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. And I, you know, again, I don't think that this team was necessarily a flawed team last year that lost to Toronto. I think you know, don't forget, Toronto was a good team. They just forgot that there was more than one round of the playoffs. <laughs> Um, and, and again, that Toronto series, I thought the Lightning outplayed them yep. for the majority of the series. Um, so I don't think it's a flaw on the team. I think it was just pure exhaustion on this team's part. And I think, you know, we, we hear some of the guys are already out skating, um, getting ready for this season. I think they're going to be, they're going to come out uh, like gangbusters and going to have a hell of a season. And they'll, they'll, they'll be in the hunt, no question about it in my mind, with this core. Uh, if they stay healthy, they'll be in the hunt this year as, as good as any other team I see out there. You know, the, you know Vegas is going to change a little bit. The contenders are going to change a little bit. So we'll see. But I still think the Lightning are as good as anybody. So, well, we shall, we shall see. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back uh, in the 1130 slot. T.C. Martin is going to join us. He's a sports radio guy out here in Las Vegas. Uh, really, really entertaining guy. Um, he is... Uh, the radio voice of the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA and a funkologist, um, the Beat Radio. So I'm very interested to talk to T.C. Martin, and he will join us at 11:30. And we're going to talk some uh, some NFL. We've got some other things. Um, uh, there's some suspensions looming, and of course, a perfect game last night by a man we know very well. So lots to get to in the 11 o'clock hour. Stay with us. who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches 
in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. 
And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from Medill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to Vegas, baby, here as we are live. Uh, we'll be heading out to the match a little bit later on today at, uh, at the Wind Golf Course here in uh, downtown Las Vegas, right off the boulevard. So we'll have some uh, some uh, stories to be uh, to be had tomorrow on that. So we'll, we'll get that for tomorrow's show. Also... Um, I've just been alerted. I didn't realize that the uh, the NHL draft starts this morning, and we may have a pick from the Lightning at number thirty-seven during the show. Is this correct? Oh, you know what? I'm so yeah. I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked. Number one, that the draft starts in the morning. Number one. Number two, I'm so shocked that I had no idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. uh. uh haven't seen a lot of promos on uh, ESPN for that in the, our, our national carrier for for the NHL. So anyway, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have that pick for you, and I'll have no idea who it is. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a bio well, supplied to that's us. That's why. That's why they have plenty of stat uh, and scouting reports that I can lean on there. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it's anybody that will be helping the Lightning anytime soon. Is it? it just, is it just me? By the way, I just real quick before we move on. Further, I don't want to spend too much time on the draft. But when I watch the draft, and I'm not trying to question the, uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm trying to think of the word here. The credentials of a Kevin Weeks or some of these other guys that are on the panels. But do you right. get the feeling sometimes when you hear these names being called and they're in all these different pro leagues around the around the world and junior leagues and all that? I almost feel like in my head I'm like. There's no way you know who this guy is. <laughs> There's no way you've watched him. There's no way you could tell me his play style. There's no way you could tell me you love him, as I heard multiple times last night. I get the feel. I don't know. That's just me. I'm sure these that, guys do all the homework, but it just doesn't come off like that. Like, maybe, I don't know. That's just me. I feel the feeling like, no, but how does anybody know who these guys are? I don't they're hockey me. freaks, I, man. I, I, they're, I, hockey, they're hockey nerds and hockey freaks. They, they, wa- they watch the... the the numbers coming up from the OHL and all these other, they watch the, you know, and it's, listen, when, um, like Canada is playing checklist of whoever, some Eastern Bloc country in, in like the 18 and under juniors, Brian Bradley's like watching it on his phone. Seriously. Sure, like they sure. know, they, they, they know these young players. They've watched them come up and hockey people are interested in this stuff. They, they watch it. Like we watch minor league baseball. They know these players from yeah, around the world. It's true. And uh, yeah, they do. So I'm like, I, I, I think. It's like, just, what are you watching there? He's like, oh, the under 18s are in Canada are playing, you know, Sweden. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so thrilling. <laughs> I, maybe that's just a me problem. I don't know who any of the names are. So after I made it past like the first four, I was like, yeah, I think I'm tuning out now. 
think yeah, I, I, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on out there that we got to keep up with, and I'm just that's just not really high on the list. Let me know when he's you know skating at, at Syracuse and ready to come up, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll chat him up uh, to be sure. Um, I wanted to get to a couple of uh, stadium questions because uh, yesterday I believe the folks at 6:20 had our good friend Ken Hagen on. Um, uh, I saw a lot of the quotes. Didn't quite li- didn't listen to the interview, but it seemed like most of the stuff they put out was uh, what we had from Ken about a month ago on our show. So I don't think there were any new developments. Um, they're still focused on that Ebor Marina. Um, they're probably still about 30, 45 days away from uh, giving a full financial package to the Rays for them to consider. Um, I think that, you know obviously there are some developments on the on the Pinellas side. There have been you know the Times is um, reporting a lot of different things. Yesterday they had a story uh, about a lot of goings on that they're you know uh, infrastructure stuff that's being done um, and proposed, which is you know, all part of their plan. Um, there was another article here today which was kind of interesting because let me see if I can get the um, the uh, okay yeah the the title of the article is Ray's New Ballpark Could Create 17,000 Jobs in Pinellas, Analysis Says. Uh, then the under headline is the analysis commissioned by Pinellas County looked at potential economic and social impact. So the headline is New Ray's Ballpark Could Create 17,000 Plus Jobs in Pinellas, Analysis Says. So what, is that, what, is, what does that scream to you? Um, wow, that's a lot. That's good. That's, that's, that would be worth spending the money on on the stadium right okay well now let's move back into the lower part of the story <laughs> and here's the headline folks um da, 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 let me get to the actual quote here don't want to screw this up um uh, oh wow, i missed the quote here it is. St. Petersburg City Council Richard Floyd said the report's estimate of $185 million in total incremental county tax collections over a 30-year period made him hesitant when half a billion dollar ballpark could be subsidized with public dollars. He also said job estimates like these are difficult to trust. Quote, it wasn't as much tax revenue generated as I would have hoped for. We're talking about significant subsidy right now. Okay. That's the headline. That's the headline. The headline is study by Pinellas County of job creation for a half billion dollar price tag comes up way short. That's the headline. Not 17,000 jobs created. The headline is it's only going to generate 185 million in total incremental county tax collections over a 30 period and council members are hesitant to spend that kind of money on such a poor return. Uh, quote, again, it wasn't as much tax revenue generated as I would have hoped for. So, a curious headline, to be sure. I just wanted to make that point. And it also is a point that, again, we've talked about this in Pinellas forever. It's a failed location. It's a failed location. It's a, it's a city that is absolutely busting at the seams for develop, developmental acreage and could use those that acreage for more affordable housing, a convention center that would bring in uh, a lot more people on a much more consistent basis than a ballpark would. And again, 
why would you spend a billion two on a ballpark that is a absolute surefire failed location? And if you're and this is where the, the whole process in St. Petersburg is just very odd, is that they're sitting here doing these all these projections and they're doing everything to keep it out of the public record that they possibly can. Which I mean, is that not a red flag right there? Why are you doing that? I don't know. Um, well, I do know because they want to pass this bill. They want to. They want to put this expenditure out there, and they don't want a whole lot of public comment on it. They don't because they know the public is not going to support it. And this this article right here is another uh, example of poor use of tax dollars. Now, I'd like to see them do a projection on what a convention center would bring in in terms of incremental tax dollars. I think it would be vastly more. And we all know that the stadium is would be much better located in Tampa where they can make a lot more money from the developmental tax. So, well, so a couple articles that were written this week, I don't they, I think they would seem on their face to support this continued false narrative that St. Petersburg is a done deal and it's happening and this is going to happen. I still don't believe that to be the case. Well, I'll just say first and foremost, I don't usually get, I don't typically get in the weeds when it comes to the. That's ins, my job. The ins, that's your job. Okay, you're more versed in that. I'll sound like a blibbering idiot if I try to understand a lot of these things, right? But I would just tell you this, just from my my surface level and my just my opinion on this, as we get closer to 2024, and what are we? What's today? June 29th. So basically, we're in July. We're more than halfway right through the year. We're I'm, six months away from the real deadline. Yes, and I, I listened to what Hagen said, obviously, on our show a month ago. I listened to the interview yesterday on, on 620, and, you know, it was very similar verbiage and everything, and the timelines were kind of the same. I don't know. I'm just at the point where it's like at some point I need to be presented with with something. Like, I, right. <laughs> I don't know what something is. It just needs to be presented to me so I can see it because right now it's like I just hear talk about – well, we have uh, we have this location mapped out and, right. and stuff about Daryl Shaw and, and things like that. It, it to me, it's 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 still, in my opinion, it just it comes off very vague. It's a little vague for me. Where right. give St. Pete credit, they have they have obviously the plan. They have everything almost at the table there. It seems right. like, and I'm not seeing that from Tampa or either they, either I'm not seeing it or they're not doing a good enough job of vocalizing it. And and you know, verb, verb, giving the right verbiage to it. If I if I'm making sense here, that's kind of what I, that's what kind of what I'm seeing right now, at the moment. Well, and, I, here, and, and here's Hagen, the problem. As, as and this, has, this has been yeah, as Hagen has yeah. said, like time is on the essence, and it needs yeah. the urgency needs to be there. And I'm still waiting for Tampa to almost get on board there. Well, here's here's the problem, and and this has obviously not been reported um, widely, but Ken has talked about it, and I've talked to other people about this. The Rays have been very obstructive when it comes to doing the deal in Tampa. For the last two or three years, they have not been very forthcoming with information. Um, they have not worked with Tampa and the TSA the way you would hope that they would. Now, they re-engaged in the last six months and to be more substantive in their talk, but if people are like, well, why don't they have the Ellsworth, why don't they have a... Well, they did have a, a plan in 2018, and, and admittedly so, it wasn't as buttoned up as it needed to to be because they had to hurry it they had to get it done in like six eight months because of the way the rays were handling their business so this time they're taking their more of a time they know where the deadline is and they know where it has to be um they know that it's it's got to be done by deadline wise in the next six months 
and so they have some time. They're going to present it probably in the next 30 to 45 days, and then the Rays can go back and forth, and we'll get a little bit more public feel because the mayor of St. Pisa says that once they get everything together, they're going to uh, put it out there for the public to see, but I don't know how long that, that public comment is going to go on before they vote on it in the city council. Um, so this, there's a lot more to play out in this, and I still think that Tampa is the odds-on favorite to, to, to get the deal done, and we'll see what they come to the table with. It looks like they've got the developer in place. They've got a location in place. They've got enough money, certainly more money than uh, um, they've, they've had before because bad tax has gone up. And I think it'll be another situation where the Rays will have to come up with half. Tampa will have to come up with half. The developer, or, or a third, a third, a third, might, might be a better um, way to look at it with the developer. I'll tell you what, too, by the way, because just back to the conversation we had yesterday with Alan Snell, when he, when, I don't know about you, but when he threw out the number that John Fisher is, I guess, willing to put up. Crazy. I mean, I can't help if the a- If the A's can afford $1.1 billion, if the A's can afford that, trust me, the Rays can afford it too. Well, well, here's my that, that's a take, obviously, that you can have. But I was more saying, I'm trying to I'm trying to translate it almost to what you see on the field on a night to night basis from the A's, including last night, which we'll get to right. in a second. Yeah, the A's just for whatever reason have have just created this illusion that they're poor and they have no money. And right. my owners, I'm the poor owner, the billion dollar owner is cheap, and all this kind of stuff, and we can't pay players, and we're openly tanking. It seems like right, right. To, to drag support down to its all time lowest level, and then so we can blame the fans for not showing up to the game to our shitty facility with right. with possums running around, right? And, but John Fisher is willing to to give a one point one billion to move the franchise to Las Vegas, which I'm still a skeptic of of how that's going to work with baseball, and. You know, if you if you field the same shitty team, where does it matter where the team's at? It doesn't. Matter. It doesn't matter and, and at all. And, and for for a fan base that has been there for fifty some odd years, okay, that has supported the team before. I mean, they just put fifty five thousand people on that place four years ago for a playoff game. Okay, right. you just fed them crap the the yep. last two years, and you blame them. I mean, I tell you what, this, this, the more I hear about that story, it just it fires me up because there's nothing I hate more than a, than a billion-dollar owner who acts like they're, they're poor and then blames right. it on the fans when things go wrong and then is just pulling the plug on the whole operation and getting out, and then Manfred's in bed with the dude and is lying right. all over the place and spewing a bunch of BS, right? The worst owner yep. in sports. I'm split between him and Bettman, but... I think I'm leaning man for it on that one. The the I mean, difference between the difference between Tampa and Oakland, it's a big difference. Major League Baseball doesn't care if they have a team in Oakland. They already have the market in San Francisco. They already have the Giants. So they don't care if Oakland if Oakland moves to a new market, right? What they do care about is the Tampa market. They do not want to lose this market. You know, they do not want to lose the market. So they they care about this. This is why it's way different. When you see stories about, oh, this could happen to Tampa Bay, I don't believe that because Major League Baseball has a completely different take because it's all about money. They can they can believe, they can make more money in Las Vegas than they can in Oakland, and that's why John Fisher is going to spend his money there. If he had come up with one point one billion uh, for a stadium, they could have got the the deal done down on the waterfront in Oakland with that big. Um, project that they're building down there with all that federal money. That's my but point. But he never offered it up. Well, that's my point. If, if, again, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you're putting up 1.1 billion for a stadium, I mean, how much do the stadium, how much money do you really need then from the community? I mean, you're really at that point asking for pennies. I mean, right. it shouldn't exactly. be that difficult to get exactly. done. Then. To me, this and that's is what just, the mayor, this mayor just, of Oakland said. This yeah. just comes off as an owner who just wants to leave anyway, just regardless, and go to Las Vegas and have his little his, his little fun over there. It, it would be tantamount to, to Stu saying, you know what, I can't get the deal done here, but I'm going to go spend $1.1 billion in Nashville and help them build a stadium. How, how freaking pissed off would you be as a Rays fan? Like, wait, what? You could you couldn't you said 150 million when you started this process, and now you're giving 1.1. You're going to put 1.1 billion in of your money, which of course Stu would never do. Uh, yeah, that's so. It's a completely different situation, and to act like the, they are similar, um, I, I think is just an, an ignorance of the process, yeah. and, quite and, frankly. But who knows? Yeah, and, tra- and transitioning to the A's from last night and the on-field product. Yes, boy, oh boy, I'm so conflicted on this. Why? So we in our so I was working last night for with on three obviously, and you know we our shift ends at midnight and this is when Domingo Herman has like three outs to go, right? And you know nobody wants to jinx the guy and listen jinxes are not real, people. Let's let's be honest. Can we please there's put no that out? There's, there's no such thing as a broadcast. There's no such thing as a broadcast. They can't hear you. Okay, they can't hear me. They don't care. You don't care. They don't matter. You don't matter to them. Whatever. But anyway, so everybody in the in our chat last night, our Slack chat, is like just curtain around it, you know, and just doesn't want to say anything. And I just dropped the Shut bomb. Up. And I just dropped the of bomb. Course. At twelve oh three a.m., I was just like, Domingo Morhaman is three outs away from a no hitter. And they were like, "What's wrong with you? You're spoiling history." I said, "You know oh what I'm doing? God. I'm trying. If if you if you believe it, I'm Jesus, working. That's yeah, what I'm, I'm doing here. I'm working. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it's twelve oh three. My time's up. Anyway." <laughs> <laughs> I'm working overtime. That's what I'm doing. Exactly. You people are ignoring the biggest story there is because you think that somehow if you if you write something in a chat that he'll never see uh, two three three thousand miles away, that's going to cause him to lose a no hitter. Exactly. You morons. Exactly. That's what I would have put so, out so on I, my email. I put it out there. They're all coming after me. What's wrong with you? You're ruining oh history. God. I said yes. that's that's a level of self importance. I think that it needs to be pointed out that you think somehow if you write something, you're going to affect what's happening in this baseball game. I so, don't and. and to, I get it with broadcasters that are actually doing the game. I get it. But still, in my mind, why are you not talking about it? You're a broadcaster. You're, it's happening in front of you. They can't hear you. You can be putting it in context and saying what amazing feat we're watching here. But the, you don't want to say anything? I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm. I, this is not old school. It's not baseball tradition. But if I'm an announcer and I'm doing a perfect game, I'm going to talk about it. How can you what, not? what I what I say what I say has no bearing. I I know this. I'm not that important. Nothing I say is going to affect whether his curveball breaks an extra half an inch on the next pitch. Hello, literally. Now, if he could hear me, and I'm getting into his head, then all right, maybe it might still shouldn't matter. But I would say, well, okay, maybe. Well, my whole no, my whole point though. Hear you. My whole point though is they were bashing me because I was I was tempting fate with history i said listen Dumb. listen i'm Dumb. trying to ruin the yankees night okay because yeah. oh. i don't want them to get the first perfect game since 2012 no. No. i don't want them to get their fourth perfect game of all time i don't want domingo herman in his should i say checkered past yes to thank be you the for guy, bringing that up to be the guy to get yes. the perfect game not just the fact that he's been you know thrown out of like multiple games this year and was coming off a 10 game suspension for, exactly. for you know having whatever on his hands, chewing tobacco. I don't know. 
sticky, sticky stuff. stuff. But yes. you want to go dive into his history, personal life? You want to dive into that one? Yes. So yes, I would. that's why. Yeah. I, yeah, domestic violence and whatnot. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I was a little bit conflicted last night. If that's okay, that I could be conflicted. Well, I hate, I, to, t- I hate to spoil you, this, but you didn't have any effect on it, even if you would. I don't think you, I didn't even exactly. But if I was like, "Hey, if you're believing jinxes, I'll do my damnedest here to try to to make it happen," because I just didn't want any Yankee success last night. If I'm being honest, yeah. and also I'm as a Rays fan who has sat through three of these perfect games before as a little boy, a little young Nick Rays fan coming up and having to sit mm-hmm. through three perfect games. I don't right. wish that feeling upon anybody, especially the poor A fans. Who showed up it's to that humi- game last night? It's humiliating. It's, it's awful. Humiliating. It's awful. And by the way, I will give Herman credit for this. The way he did it last night: ninety-nine pitches. He threw a Maddox on top of it, and he wasn't throwing. He doesn't throw ninety-seven, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. No, he throws no. like ninety-one mile per hour fastballs, and he was just abusing the A's all night with his off speed, abusing yeah. them all night. Higashioka. I mean, the guy doesn't really hit at all, but. He's there for a reason because he's so good behind the plate for the Yankees. He's a weapon back there. I mean, that's kind of the the, the cool thing I think. The catcher should get as much praise as the pitcher because you're yeah, calling, sometimes you got to call yeah. the game. And 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 they mentioned that Herman didn't have his fastball early on, and Higashioka realized that and just you know they concentrated on off speed and getting ground outs and all those type of things. And it was I mean it was a cool moment I guess. I just wish it wasn't the Yankees hey, who did it. Listen, I, there's I think. It, Hermine is a type of pitcher that Hermine, Hermine, Herman, Hermine, Hermine uh, uh, is the type of pitcher that you might see a little bit more of because there's guys, so many guys are just throwing straight fastballs at high velocity that when they start seeing guys like this that can move it around and really, uh, really pull the string, it, it gets them off. Well, let's not let's not act like he's Nolan Ryan now. I mean, or or, or you know, he's not Maddox. I'll just put it that way because I know he has the same kind of velocity as Maddox. He ain't Maddox. He gave up. No. He gave up ten runs his last outing. His ERA no. was almost six coming into this game. It's a bit of an anomaly. Which is the bit sure. of the anomaly. And if you're looking, but for I wonder the, how much sticky stuff he had on his hands last night. Well, that was, was my first Empire's reaction. Checking? I said, yeah. check his glove. Yeah, check exactly. his glove. I needed to see just, it. That would be ballsy, though, coming off a suspension to just do it again. That would be pretty ballsy. Well, he did it earlier this year. <laughs> he did. He don't care. He knows he can't pitch without it. The Ups probably just let him do it last night. Whatever. Or does it count? All right, the does pick it, is in. Oh, the pick is in? Pick is in. The Hit pick is in. The Lightning select in the second round of the 2023 NHL draft, Ethan Gauthier. Ooh. That's G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R, Gauthier. Great name. He is from Sherbrooke of the QMJHL, possesses an impressive skill set. His draft report says he has a strong shot, excellent mobility, the ability to maneuver past defenders in one-on-one situations. He doesn't shy away from physical play, and he embraces the contact. In his final season in the QMJHL, he recorded 69 points, 30 goals, and 39 assists in 66 games, impressive, before adding another 11 points in the playoffs. Oh, put him so in the Ethan Gauthier is the next great Winger for your Tampa Bay Lightning, selected in the second round. See you at the prospect camp, son. That's right. See you at the prospect camp. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, T.C. Martin, Las Vegas sports talk legend, will join us. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl coming here, F1 coming here, the A's coming here, as Vegas and the Golden Knights, of course, winning the Stanley Cup. And he's the play-by-play man for the Las Vegas Aces, who have this huge game tonight. Two super teams collide 
right here in Vegas tonight. So T.C. Martin joins us next year on the J.P. Peterson Show live from Vegas. Stay with us. Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to uh, the JP Peterson Show here live from Las Vegas. As we're going to enjoy the match today a little bit later on with uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes going up against Clay and Steph. That should be fun. I wonder if Draymond's going to show up. Uh, and the Aces are playing the Liberty tonight in the battle of the super, superstar teams here in Las Vegas. And joining us now is the play-by-play man for the Las Vegas Aces and sports talk legend here in Vegas, T.C. Martin. Hello, T.C. How are you, my friend? 
I'm great, JP. What's happening, my man? And uh, great to join you today. Okay, great to be in Vegas. Uh, we've had a, we've had a great time here. Uh, I've never I've never been here for a big fight, uh, which is definitely on my broadcasting uh, bucket list, no doubt. I'm sure you've covered many of them, but um, this game tonight is. Uh, they just spent I think ten minutes on SportsCenter talking about the WNBA Liberty versus Aces game tonight. Uh, set the scene for us. This is going to be big stuff. No, it's definitely the top two teams in the WNBA. We've kind of been looking forward to this game for a while. Actually, these two teams met uh, in the preseason. The Aces had one preseason game, and the Liberty came out here for that. And uh, it was kind of uh, kind of strange because both teams used their starters well into the fourth quarter, and the Aces blew out the Liberty in that game. And, and you had a lot wow. of star power in that game. And, you know, Becky Hammond's MO was like, hey, I don't care if it's a preseason game or not. You know, we're the defending champs. Let's make a statement here. And the Aces really, you know, that's where it started for them, where they took the floor for the very first time this season, and they continue to roll right after that. As you know, 13-1 and right now, currently on a six-game win streak. Uh, it's been great. Uh, you know, the, the town has been behind this team basically from day one. Season tickets have uh, just continued to increase. The Aces is now uh, over 6,000 season ticket holders with an average attendance of, nearly 9,000 a game, so wow. no, it's a, it's, a, it's a hot ticket in this town, and it's going to be a great game tonight, and plus, JP, you got the All-Star game, I mean, the WNBA All-Star game has been here, this will be the third time that, it, that it's here, and uh, probably, you know, should be a staple, you know, each and every year, year here, because the players love, you know, coming here along with, you know, the NBA players, it, it coincides with the time with the NBA Summer League happening, so... No, it's, right, a, it's a great right. time in Vegas uh, in the summertime, especially you know for an Aces game. Yeah, and, and from what I understand, it is packed with celebrities as well. And Tom Brady, our former quarterback in Tampa Bay, is now part owner of the Aces. Have we seen him at some of the games? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom was coming actually before he signed on as an owner, and you know very close to Mark Davis, and yeah. you know Mark, uh, you know. Was pitching Tom about that and Tom says I'm all in and of course now there's rumblings that Brady could be even part owner of the Raiders so we'll see how that story develops and wow. the NFL you know owners sign off on that but uh, yeah yeah Tom has been at games I mean uh, it's the who's who's list you, you talk about boxing Floyd Mayweather's a season ticket holder he's here all the time um, you know we see Darren Waller here all the time obviously not only yeah. because he's the husband of Kelsey Plum but you know he, he was coming to those games before and again, you know, Mark Davis, you know, was the season ticket holder when the MGM owned the team, and that's what led to him buying the team. So, yeah, nice. it's just a, we saw Jason Tatum here. He was here last week. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. You know, Kobe Bryant, before he passed, uh, you know, he would be a regular here as well, too. LeBron James has been here. Uh, the list kind of goes on and on. That, that's crazy stuff. T.C. Martin joining us here, play-by-play man for the Las Vegas Aces. And on the Brady track... You know, we were the ones that, that broke the story of Brady coming to Tampa Bay. I never realized how close he was to going to uh, Las Vegas in Oakland. And as the story we got went, it was Gruden who nixed that whole deal. Gronk, Gronk said, yeah, it was it was happening, but Gruden nixed the deal. What, what, what do you know about this proposed uh, Brady to, to, uh, to Vegas deal? You know, it was really kind of kept hush-hush, uh, you know, with all yeah. that. And kind of found out at, at a later time. But the bottom line was, John Gruden was the guy that he kind of felt was a man of principle. <laughs> and I know that kind of sounds strange considering everything that happened with the emails and everything, but you know, right. he really was a player's coach. 
and he was locked into Derek Carr. And a lot of people say, well, why would you be locked into Derek Carr you know, when you could have Tom Brady here? But, uh, you know, you probably have seen and heard, you know, Derek Carr's comments, you know, since he was released, you know, by uh, the Raiders that, you know, how hurt he was and, yeah. you know, basically in tears. Uh, you know, so, you know, Derek Carr thought he was going to end his career here, you know, as a Raider. And, you know, Gruden kind of bought into that. They were kind of tied at the hip when Gruden, you know, got the job. So I think, you know, at that point in time, Gruden really didn't know how much, you know, Brady had left in the tank. And right. he was committed to Carr. Well, there's a loyalty factor there that you gotta you gotta respect from from Gruden, no doubt about that. Uh, but what? Hey, and thanks, John Gruden, for getting us another Super Bowl. That's two. Thanks, Gruden. We, <laughs> we appreciate that. That was nicely done. Um, so Las Vegas is exploding, obviously, with professional sports. I gotta tell you, I'm a little dubious of the baseball thing. Um, to be quite honest, I don't, and, and and you obviously would know a lot more than I about the 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 viewing habits of the locals here, because it seems like the Knights, the hockey team, have really gotten a grassroots uh, support from the people that live here in Vegas. At least that's the way it seems for to me from afar. Um, will the baseball team be able to do that? It looks like their projections that at least thirty percent of their attendance will come from from visitors. How do you think that whole thing's going to work? Well, it is completely different than the Golden Knights. Okay, the Golden Knights, first of all, you know, people said hockey in the desert. Are you kidding me? Right. Is this really going to work? Well, they sold 16,000, you know, season tickets before they even came up with the name of the team. Wow. And so, yeah, and there's a little bit of history of hockey in Vegas, you know, with, with the minor league hockey team that drew, you know, fairly well at the Thomas and Mack Center, you know, going back into the 90s. Uh, and believe it or not, you know, you know, there was there was a transplant. You know, you know this is a transplant city. So there's a lot of people that really love hockey, and I don't think a lot of people really realize that. So when Bill Foley came in and brought the Maloofs in and, and constructed this master plan, I mean, it, it was to a T. It's like, hey, this is going to be an organic organization. It's going to be homegrown. It's not a trans. It's not going to be, you know, uh, an ex- uh, you know, it's not going to be a team coming over from from some other city. Well, with right. the A's, as much as people love baseball here. You know, they're not really attracted to the A's. And you even had that to a certain degree with the Raiders. The Raiders have a national brand. We get that. You had the shiny new stadium, the $2 billion stadium at Allegiant Stadium. You did have a plethora of of Raider fans in nearby Southern California, and you had a fraction of of Raider fans here in Vegas. So it's like, okay, you know, this is the NFL. It's the granddaddy. We get that. But with baseball and considering that you already have the, the Knights, you got the Aces, you got the Raiders, all these teams coming in within the last few years, it just kind of seems like, uh, do we really want the A's? So it is really kind of subdued here. And now you're going to have a ballpark that's only going to be built for 30,000 fans. So, yeah, they're going to bank on, on tourists. And I will say this, you know, the Golden Knights, even though they have, you know, 16, 17,000 season ticket holders, when certain teams come in, there are anywhere between five and 7,000 visiting fans, especially the Canadian teams like Edmonton yes. and Calgary. <laughs> and then, you know, you got the original six teams. You got the Boston Bruins. I mean, they, yeah. they, they fly here in Chicago. So, you know, it, it, you still have that. And in your Raider games, is that way too. I mean, we have seen sometimes where you would have 40 to 50% capacity, depending on how well the Raiders are doing, of Bronco fans or, or Eagles fans or even Washington fans. It was amazing. When they came here, you know, just last year. So it was like, yeah. you know, that fraction is always going to be there of visiting fans. And, uh, you know, with baseball, you can really plan this out well in advance. So, 
yeah, they'll probably draw well, but I don't see it being a diehard fan base like the Knights have or the Aces. Yeah. Yeah, that was my sense. I'm interested. I'm, uh, that's interesting that you would back that up because um, at some point you get saturated, right? And this is not a huge market. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, what's the population of Vegas? I think it's, it's the market size in the high thirties. Two million. It's about two. It's about two and a half million. So two and a half million. Wow, that's yeah. It's grown dramatically in in the past ten years. So, yeah. um, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that that whole thing goes down. You also have F one coming. In November, which I, I mean, already they're paving the roads and everybody's pissed off. I, I hear that all the time. But this is, uh, I mean, Vegas has hosted a lot of things. Uh, and I think I heard on the news yesterday that the local uh, Vegas has to put in $40 million in expenses and in infrastructure and payments to the F1 to get this thing done. Um, and the prices for everything, I mean, hotels already kind of lay the land of what this F1 experience is going to be like in Vegas. It's going to be huge, you know, and for a lot of locals, you know, they really don't understand it. They say, well, you know, it's, you know, we have conventions, you know, every week, multiple conventions. Right. I mean, hundreds of conventions, you know, every week, week in and week out. And, you know, this is going to be a gigantic, you know, sports convention is what it's going to be. Now, you got the Super Bowl that's going to be coming a month and a half or so, you know, after F1. But, yeah, wow. you have all this infrastructure, like you said. The roads are being torn up. The locals aren't happy about that. And they really don't understand, like, what the heck is F1. This is going to be more of an international event than anything more local here. I mean, you've got people coming in, you know, from France and from Europe and, and all across. And the money that they are spending already, you know, on hotel rooms and suites and, you know, uh, and, and, and tickets and VIP seating, that sort of thing, that's where they're going to make the money. And so, yeah, it, it, it's going to be crazy. But, again, I think for most of the locals here, they're going to be staying inside. That's what they're going to be doing. Staying inside, <laughs> maybe glimpsing on TV. It's not something they really want to be a part of. This is going to be more of an international event, international flair, and you know, more similar to maybe what you see when soccer exhibition matches, you know, come here. I mean, we just had USA and Mexico, you know, here last weekend. It sold out of Legion Stadium, so it'll be like that, but maybe you know, you know, you know, ten times that uh, with all the people coming over from Europe. T.C. Martin joining us here, a local Vegas sports talk guy and also play-by-play for the uh, Vegas Aces. Uh, you mentioned, um, and we, we haven't even talked about the Golden Knights yet. What a run. I mean, obviously from Tampa, you know, I, and I work with the Lightning as one of their broadcasters. Uh, it's, it was, it's such an amazing run, and winning a Stanley Cup is, is easily, at least in my mind, uh, the toughest uh, trophy to win, no question. What was that ride like here in Vegas, and how cool is it that this that team – the way they've gone about it and how they've captured this local market is just insane. Did you ever think it would be this successful? No, I, I didn't. And, again, I'm not going to say that I was one of the naysayers, but I was one of the guys like, you know, really? Okay. And then, you know, when you saw that Bill Foley had those 16,000 commitments, you know, for season tickets, then it was like, wow, okay, this thing's going to be pretty good. So you go back to 2017, 2018, the inaugural season, and, you know, we have the draft you know, here in Vegas, and you get Marc-Andre Fleury. And all of a sudden, okay, now I think we got a temperature for this thing. Wow, we're getting one of the greatest gold tenders in, in the NHL. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury's coming here, and you look at the roster, people didn't know, you know, who was who at that point right. in time. And then they got off to this great start, and it was just like, wow. And then, of course, unfortunately, we had the October 1 shootings, and that really kind of galvanized yeah. the city, and the Golden Knights really got behind that. And uh, it was just one of those magical seasons. 
So you knew you were going to have the honeymoon period that first season, no matter what. But nobody, including myself, expected the Golden Knights to have that kind of uh, a season where they're actually, you know, you know, hosting the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, finals. And they ran into a very tough, you know, veteran-laden, you know, Washington Capitals team. And, you know, people were, were still excited, and though they, they lost a cup of five. But just, you know, getting, you know, to that, that stage and the way that season unfolded, it just kind of laid the groundwork like, okay, now what's going to happen? And next thing mm-hmm. you know, we've been here six seasons. They made the playoffs five out of six. Bill yeah. fully predicted. He said, hey, playoffs in three, uh, cup in six. Yeah. And they were, you know, playoffs in one. <laughs> and then they did, you know, to his uh, credit and, and prediction, uh, they – they won the cup in their sixth year here. So, yeah, nobody saw this thing coming. But I think a lot of it had to do, you know, with the success that they had. I mean, everybody wants to support a winner. I mean, you know that in, yeah. in, in Tampa Bay. And you've seen it with the Rays. You've seen it, you know, going way back with the Bucks, and, you know, maybe even the Lightning to a certain degree that, you know, you know, fans don't show up. But because this was organically grown, because you had the success yeah. immediately, and it has continued to be successful um, it, it, it's, it's an amazing story, amazing run. And I don't know if you've been to a game here, but you know, I've been blessed to be able to, you know, cover all sports here in Vegas. But I got to say, I mean, going to a Golden Knights game and going to all these games and be able to, to cover Stanley Cups, you know, I've covered two of them now here in the last six years. It is an amazing electric atmosphere. And, oh. you know, back to your original question was how was it like this year? It really, for me, was a flashback to that that inaugural season. It just seemed like, hey, we've been here before. We know what to expect. It was so funny because I had all these other uh, media outlets, especially international media, that are around there, and they've got their camera phones going this and that, and they go, wow, (laughs) this is amazing, this and that. They go, how come you're not filming this? I go, well, you know. We, we do this, uh, you, know, you know, 41 times a year during the regular season. And, you know, the parade, the show, it's like Cirque du Soleil and a rock concert and a nightclub all mixed in. They go, are you telling me they do this every game? I go, oh, yeah, buddy, six years. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. Every night. Yeah, man, there's nothing. I've covered it all. And it, to me, there's nothing like playoff hockey, Stanley Cup. I mean, the buildings are just nuts. And, you know, the Knights, the production staff of the Knights came and visited with us before they started and, and, and will visit with us regularly with our production staff. And the, the Tampa Bay and Las Vegas are, are one, two in terms of their, their game production. Vegas, I think, you know, I will, I will cede the mantle to Vegas. It's crazy what you guys do before, after, and during the games. It might be a little bit much for some hockey fans, for traditional hockey fans. Right. But it's Vegas, baby. And I, I think it, it's, it's on brand. So have your fun and go joust and, and have cheerleaders and the whole damn thing. It, what's the craziest thing you've seen with the Cup celebration so far? Because we saw some crazy stuff, obviously, with the boat parades and everything. Uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen with Vegas? When I said Vegas and the Stanley Cup, wow, this is going to be fun. Well, what's the craziest thing you've seen? And, and I don't know if if you can get really over crazy, like you said. I mean, we've seen guys. You know, you know, everyone wants to drink from the cup, and they want right. to take it these outlandish spots. You know, I've seen somebody you know uh, you know sleep with the cup and underneath the covers and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it, this is it, it's more about you know what what happened the parade. When uh, you know when William Carlson was just tanked and so many players, he was, just, he was so hammered. And that's really been the the biggest takeaway is like, oh my God, don't give Carlson the mic, and they did, <laughs> and, and that's lived in infamy. So I think that's probably you know when you're talking about celebration wise, you know, that 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 kind of you know trumps yes. anything what anybody could do with the cup. 
Awesome. Uh, TC, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck tonight. Have fun at the uh, the game of the century here with the Liberty and the Aces, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again down the road. Thanks, partner. Hey, JP, I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend, and I will reciprocate that myself and to have you on my show. Uh, Love to. Well too, man. But uh, in, enjoy Vegas and reach out anytime. All right, we'll do that. Thanks. At TC Martin 21 follow him on, on uh, Twitter. Uh, great sports talk stuff here in Vegas. Uh, thanks, TC. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so your job for one of the Knicks back in the studio, if you can during this break, somehow uh, find some of that William Carlson audio. I don't know if we ever played it. So if you can find a snippet here or there, we can do that, and maybe after the break. What do you think? Yeah, we could do that. That was classic. Yeah, because we. Right. I think that happened like on a weekend. We missed it. I, I yeah, say. yeah, it did. That was that was spectacular. All right, we'll hit a break here. Uh, big thanks to our support, our uh, advertiser in uh, Italiano and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Chris Lugo. Uh, we hope to get him on next. We will see if he's available. Uh, and also American Mortgage Services, EPI, and the Golden Diamond Source. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. 
Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here as we finish up on this uh, Thursday. Live from Las Vegas, and we're brought to you by the great folks at the G's Law Group, Italiano Insurance, Golden Diamond Source, EPI, and American Mortgage Services. We're going to see if Chris Lugo can join us here in a few minutes. If not, we'll uh, push him till tomorrow. Um, were you surprised by anything that TC said about the A's, Nick, or, or even the Raiders to that degree? That it, it really does seem like Vegas says, you know, they have glommed on to the Golden Knights because they are homegrown and maybe the Raiders and the A's are kind of looked at as kind of a, I don't know, outside Oakland, you know, cast offs coming here and maybe they won't really wrap their arms around them. But, you know, as far as the Raiders go, go, there's still plenty of tourists coming. That's for sure. I think that's exactly the reason the, the Golden Knights came at the right time. What was it? 2017 was their first year. And, you know, they kind of set the tone pretty early on. Uh, their upper management that they wanted to compete. They didn't want to just be a typical expansion team. Now, the rules have made it to where like, these expansion teams, as you saw with Seattle, can compete rather quickly, but nobody's ever done it to the extent that Vegas did it that first year. And, you know, they go to the Stanley Cup final. How could you not wrap your arms around a team like that when they do that in their first year? I feel like that's kind of similar like you go to baseball, like when the, the Diamondbacks went to Arizona. Two years in, they won the World Series. And they did the same kind of formula. They went after it and brought in big names and all that kind of stuff. And how could you not wrap your arms around it? So I think Vegas did the same thing. And, and what was it, the number? 200,000 people lined up on the strip to yeah. celebrate? I mean, man, I love, you, what, I love what we did in Tampa, but I don't think we could touch that. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you find any of that Carlson audio, by chance? I did find it, yeah. This is it's, it's just pure gold. 
me? Yeah, you hear me? So, um, this guy, this effing guy. Yeah, I know, I know. So, he was here, they won. Yeah. And I know you have been here day one. Lee, <laughs> I'm gonna pop an eardrum on that one. You guys are so amazing. We played Arizona in the first game, <laughs> and we beat the out of them. I had no Arizona. Nope. I don't know. I guess good enough, but where's he going with that? Arizona. Oh my god. I was trying to think of who was I mean I'm trying to think of the the well, you know, you got Kucherov with the number one bullshit. That was that was classic. That was while drinking the well, drinking well, the Bud Light. I remember that when was they uh outstanding. Well that was for the second the second boat the second boat parade, right? That was the second right, one. Right, I remember yeah. the first one, yeah. which maybe people don't remember because we were like in dark, deep COVID times. But remember when they had the celebration at Raymond James? Yeah. And they had yeah. it on – I want to say they had it on Valley – well, at the time it was still Fox Sports Sun. And <clears throat> I want to say they had it live there, and I think Pat Maroon dropped a few F-bombs. Yes, yes, they, he did. And they went over the air. I think yes, St did. Stammer did as well. Yeah. I even think maybe some of the uh, – I was it Breezeball or Cooper or one of the one of the the big guys might have said something too? Yeah, I think, I think on, it might have been Coop. It might have been Coop. And they just and we, like, we got they we got screwed wrong. out of the second one, the second dais of, of speeches and stuff. We got screwed out of it because the big thing they had set up at Julian B Lane, a freaking thunderstorm came through and they had to shut it down. Remember, Yanni was on like the dolly. You know what? Like, I don't. I don't because yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, you, that was that. If you yeah, were, that, that. I was gonna say, if you recall, I was uh, that was during my vacation, during my first intern, my first intern. Oh, with you. oh, okay. So you and That's Kayla, yeah. you and Kayla yeah. were living it out on the boat and having a we good were, time. Yeah. And I'm just you know watching everything on my phone, FOMO. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that boat parade was fun. That was, God, that, the boats were just wall to wall down there in, in the uh, Harbor Island Harbor. That was freaking unbelievable. We haven't had one in a yeah. while. Wait, I have a question. Yeah, if, if, if the Rays win a World Series, where's the parade? Flotilla, bro. Flotilla, Jelly Gasparilla. What I think they should do is start in St. Petersburg, right? And do a do a do a little boat parade in the uh, little harbor there, right? Then flotilla across the bay. Can you imagine what that party would be like? Ooh. We'll get the get the get the Jose Gaspar out. I know 